greater-than-conventional historical work on the Gospels finds itself unable to accept the evangelist's assumption that the Jesus of history is identical to the Jesus who is confessed as the Christ. Nevertheless, this work performs a valuable service in making clear the extent to which early Christian reception of Jesus as the Christ has actively shaped the material that eventually took canonical form in the Gospels. In identifying certain types of material as legendary, for example, historical research makes that act of shaping and reshaping visible. In its own way, it reminds us that the event the Gospels narrate is the event of Jesus who is the Christ and who is acknowledged as such, in such a way that the acknowledgement belongs within the scope of the event itself. Even the rationalistic, anti-supernaturalist assumptions that often underlie the identification of legendary material can have a positive role, compelling us to ask how far the theological point of the story in question is really dependent on the factual occurrence of the event it ostensibly narrates. It enables us to see that the truth of the story is to be sought somewhere in the relationship between Jesus, God and the world, in the broad space opened up by Christian faith rather than in the cramped space of factual occurrence or non-occurrence. If historical research regards this material as untruthful and labeling it as unhistorical, then Christian faith can only reject this conclusion. Yet it is a positive theological gain to recognize that the relationship between story and reality may be more or less direct or indirect, and that the nature of the reality in question requires this complex mode of narration. 10. Greater than. Greater than dash the Cambridge Companion to Jesus. The first step is identify and accept the bias of the secular historian which rejects one. Supernatural 2. Miracles. Consequently, we have to disagree with their conclusions because methodically we don't agree with their faulty assumptions. Their conclusions will be truncated and reductionist, Christianity with a Jesus who is not Christ, who is not virgin-born and who did not resurrect. This is a logical consequence of their anti-supernatural bias which we reject from the beginning. It is logical to conclude that anti-supernatural bias and Christianity cannot agree and have to agree to disagree or just disagree. Supernatural views which reject miracles will be illogical as an omnipotent God as described in the Bible reveals himself through miracles. So we have to see where the secular historian is rejecting Orthodox Christianity, because of his anti-supernatural bias and it is there we will find the defining and shaping aspects of Christianity and Jesus. The secular historian sincerely believes he is right but he cannot prove the supernatural does not exist. What was supposed to be a methodological atheism introduced to study natural sciences, has now mutated into philosophical atheism and thus has usurped the place of theology as the queen of all sciences. This is the default position in the academia of today and its inbuilt bias should be always kept in mind as its conclusion are controlled by philosophical atheism which masquerades as methodological atheism. If Jesus was not the Christ, then there is no good news nor any biography needed for another Jewish rabbi. For the secular historian, Jesus is just another first-century Jewish teacher and nothing more. He has to reject the very reasons why he became prominent, and is even now worshipped throughout the world. It is the recognition of Christ as the virgin-born, resurrected and exalted Lord which creates the necessity for recording his actions and words and life story. What makes Jesus special is that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, as Peter confessed. As Jesus asked who do you say that I am? In the Gospel of Mark which is the earliest record of the question of his supernatural identity. Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus acknowledged that answer and went on to say how he got the right answer, which is by revelation from the Father himself. 
This earliest evidence for the divine claim of Jesus is exactly why we have Christianity. It is this claim which is the indictment for his crucifixion and the subsequent resurrection proving the claim to be right, vindicated by God through the resurrection, declared as the Son of God through his resurrection. So the secular historian by rejecting the supernatural through his anti-supernatural bias shows us what is the most important shaping aspects of Christianity. After the academician has done his part and made his conclusions, we must remove his anti-supernatural bias from the equation and reassess the material and reach the right conclusions. One must also understand that unlike the Christian who is fully invested in his belief system and is even willing to sacrifice his life for Christ, the academician is just a professional, working for money, publications, fame, opportunities and retirement plan. He will not defend his position with his life but will back off at some point from pushing it or shoving it. He will just try to be pragmatic, which is his actual philosophical position. We must therefore, consider his assessment and conclusions as a model which is built on certain assumptions, which he is open to alteration or even substitute with further criticism of his material and methods. There are definitely Christian historians who approach the subject without the anti-supernatural bias but are open to a supernatural explanation. We should compare their works and their critique of the secular historian's work to learn what we must say at the popular level discussions of everyday life. So when we deal with secular higher criticism we have to clearly reject their truncated version of Christ and Christianity because of anti-supernatural bias. We have deal with them at the philosophical level of naturalism versus supernaturalism. Once supernaturalism can be substantiated with evidence as has been done by Dr. Craig, Dr. Moreland and others, a long list, we can reject the conclusions of the secular historian after extracting his material for facts and interpret them without the anti-supernatural bias. Once we can resolve this with sufficient evidence then we can go on to Gospels with an open mind and prove it as many have done. A good starting point would be are you open to the existence of the supernatural? Once the answer is in the affirmative then we can go on to show them the model which is lined with biblical conclusions. Greater than the story that is told in the Gospels is the story of Jesus as the Christ, and not that of a neutral Jesus. According to the Gospels, however, it is not enough for Jesus to be the Christ, he must also be confessed as the Christ, a point that is made within the narratives in the Confessions of Peter, Mark 8.29, the Centurion, Mark 15.29, Martha, John 11.27, Mary, John 20.18, Thomas, John 20.28, and others. The believing reception of the event of Jesus as the Christ belongs to the story that is told, and the telling of the story therefore reflects both the event and its reception, for the event itself includes its own reception. Nine of the perspective of Christian faith has shaped or formed the contents of the Gospels at every point, that is fully consistent with the story they tell, the story not of a neutral Jesus but of Jesus who is and is confessed as the Christ. That is why, in the Lucan birth stories, the divine act that initiates the life of Jesus immediately evokes the human and angelic response of praise. The same Holy Spirit through whose creative action Jesus is conceived also inspires the songs that celebrate this event, Luke 1.35, 41, 67, 2.26-27, for God's action in Christ is communicative action which does not reach its intended goal until it evokes a response of human recognition and acknowledgement. The Cambridge Companion to Jesus the Gospels do not present a neutral secular Jesus but the true Jesus who is the Christ and also his reception by his followers. We have to learn to communicate it rightly this way and invite people to respond. 
Secondly, any presentation of the material must at some point should seek a well-thought-out, intentional response and then followed up based on that.